It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we do our best to connect the dots between who we are as physical, emotional, spiritual, and intellectual beings. And, um, you know, in the last two and a half years now, my goodness, we have all been up to our eyeballs in stress. And stress is one of the killers, quite literally, of the human body. Uh, So one of the things I point out is if you go to my website, www.SynergyConnectionRadio.com, and you click on the link for Boomers, B-O-O-M-E-R-S, it's going to take you into their website. And I have been using their products for the last five years. So I'll tell you a little quick story here. I just came back from my physical. And in the last two years, um, my inflammation level, which you want below one, has been a 0.3. This year, it actually went down to a 0.1. So I virtually have no inflammation running around inside of me, which is where all disease begins. So the good news is I think I'm quite healthy. Um, And I think all of you can get very healthy as well. Um, The other little piece of information is your vitamin D3. And there's been a lot of research lately at Yale, at Harvard, you know, um, just, you know, lots of people looking into the importance of vitamin D3. So um, that level, you want to be above the number 70. Uh, This year, uh, mine in the past had been around 80, 81. This year, it went up to 100. So um, I, you know, again, feel very blessed that my immune system is very, very good. And my inflammation level is very, very low. Um, I would encourage you if you're going for a physical to ask your doctors for those two labs to be run. They do not run them unless you request. So it's a C-reactive protein, CRP as in Paul, and a D as in dog three test. And they will run them for you. I've never been charged a dime. I think it's something that insurance companies just wanted to kind of leave off about 10 years ago. And unless you request it, you're not going to get it. But it is the cornerstone of your health and wellness. If you decide while you're on the Boomers website, you can you know go look at testimonies. They have lots of uh, videos. They have blogs. They have a podcast themselves. So if you decide that you're interested in any of their products at checkout, they have a little discount button. And if you click on that and you put in just my first name, L-U-C-Y, you will get $5 off of your order right now. That's equivalent to, in some cases, less than a gallon of gas. Where I live, it's about a gallon worth. And uh, so, you know, I feel like everything helps at this particular time with inflation running as high as it is and gas prices in general out of sight. Um, So just uh, check out their website and see what you think. And remember that our physical wellness is how we can develop the other three areas of our life. If you're physically not well, it's extremely difficult to try to balance out those other three legs because you just don't have the energy to do it. All right. So I have a brand new person on with me today. So I'm excited to introduce Rob Gutro, and I hope I'm saying your last name correctly. Um, but, uh, he is an author, uh, but he's also a paranormal investigator and medium, and he has done 
I don't know whether I would say like Ghostbusters, but um, you have done things with the spirit world and with ghosts. And you've written several books about pet um, communication after they have passed over. And I know I've had a number of pets die because generally they don't live as long as we do, uh, certainly. And so, you know, in childhood and adolescence, uh, when I was in my 20s and 30s, you know, I knew that if I had an animal, I was going to love the animal until they weren't with me any longer. And so it's so kind of refreshing to believe that there truly is a rainbow bridge and there truly is, um, you know, life after life with our pets, because some of them I love very dearly. And uh, it's, it was hard to say goodbye. And I know a lot of people that feel the same way, you know, I do. So welcome to the show, Rob. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Lucy. It's nice to be here. So tell me a little bit about what you do. So there are a couple of things that I, I do on my off hours. Um, during my daytime job, actually by career, I am a scientist, I'm a meteorologist. So in my paranormal side, I use the, uh, the uh, study of energy as a baseline for the paranormal. So I use that to explain what happens after we die and, and how ghosts and spirits communicate with us. Um, so I'm a paranormal investigator, as you mentioned, and I'm also a medium, and I've become known as a pet medium. Hmm. And was that because of your own animals, or was there another animal along the way that was trying to get in touch with you to give a message? Well, it all started with a, uh, a puppy I had in 2005 named Buzz, and he, at seven months old, I was walking him, his leash opened, and he was tragically killed by a car. Oh. <clears throat> That, um, that reawakened my abilities that I had discovered when I was a teenager uh, and lay dormant for all that time because Buzz became the world's best canine communicator. And he showed me many ways that pets communicate from the other side. So, so I pursued it. Yeah, what are some of them? I'm, I'm very curious. How do they do that? So a lot of times pets will communicate the same way they did in life. So they will... You may see a, a shadow, a uh, quick shadow, um, maybe in one of their favorite spots. Uh, you may hear nails on the floor. Um, if, you, if you're a cat parent, you may feel your cat um, rubbing your ankles, for instance, when you're sitting down at a table, or um, you may feel the cat lay on your head when you're, <laughs> when you're sleeping on your pillow. Okay. That's uh, happened quite a few times for people. Um, People also have, have heard uh, barks and meows that sound like they're coming from another room, uh, but they're actually right there. Um, I have actually heard our dog Franklin bark after he passed. Um, they will lead you to another pet that looks like them to let you know that they're there. Hmm. Um, there's so many ways that they can communicate. Um, they can manipulate things in nature, just like human spirits. You know, they can influence birds and butterflies to behave erratically around a certain date that's relevant to them, like a birthday, anniversary, or holiday. So you Something mean you like might that. be walking along and all of a sudden there'll be a bunch of butterflies in one area and it might be the dog or the cat kind of saying, hey, remember me? Well, it, there, there has to be two other factors there. Number one, if you're thinking of them, or number two, if, if the date 
is associated with their, um, their adoption or their passing or their birthday or yours. Um, so um, it's not, it, just because people see butterflies, it's not a, a sign from a spirit <clears throat> unless it's tied to something else personal to them. Hmm. Now you said that um, you recognize this ability that you have back when you were a teenager and then it lied dormant. So, um, you know, if you have the ability, did you kind of go, oops, I don't know what I want to do with this and shove it in a drawer or how did it lie dormant all that time? <laughs> <clears throat> well, it, it all actually began for me, um, of course, unexpectedly when I was around 13 years old and it was about seven months after my grandfather passed, I was home with the family dog and I saw my grandfather materialize in full color, about two rooms away from me when wow. I was sitting in the kitchen and he scared the living daylights out of me. <clears throat> so I grabbed the dog and I ran outside and I waited for my parents to come home. Um, fortunately, I had a really good relationship with my mom and dad. So I was not afraid to tell them what happened. And I did. What was surprising is my mother was not surprised. Really? And that's because she, yeah, she, she has the ability but she was afraid to use it. So, oh, so you inherited almost that ability from her. I did. And as it turned out, I learned that my grandfather, the one who appeared to me, also had the ability. <clears throat> so that's where my mother got it. But that's also the reason he appeared to you. Because if you didn't have that ability, yes. he would not have been able to do that. And you could not have seen him in color. Yeah, and that was really, that was only the second spirit I've ever seen in color in my entire life. Hmm. Oh. Maybe because of the close connection. Who was the other one? Uh, my dog, Buzz. The one that All right, away. and you were close to him. So that would make sense that maybe <clears throat> that, um, you know, the clairs that we have, the fact that you have those abilities um, with ones that are very close to you allows you to have that vision where somebody else might just hear or might just sense, but not necessarily see and certainly not in color. Interesting, very interesting. So you put it away and then your dog brings it back out. Yes. So from the time I was 13 to the time I was, well, in my 40s, <laughs> I'll just say, um, I didn't really pay much attention to the ability. You know, I was, I was busy trying to get my career off the ground and going to school and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, the only time in between that I was affected or I was sensitive, I should say, is when I wound up living in a house, renting a room for a year, going back to school to get another degree. And the house was haunted. How did you know? How did I know it was haunted? Uh -huh. um, that was, that's actually a really interesting story. Actually, I, I put that in my book, uh, Ghosts and Spirits Explained, because being a novice, being someone who didn't know anything about hauntings at that time, I had to kind of figure it out. And um, long story short, for a couple of weeks, um, I think three or four, every Tuesday night at 2.30 in the morning, there was a pounding on the back door of this house. Like somebody's hmm. fist pounded on the back door. Now, I, I found out after the first week uh, or second week, rather, that <clears throat> the house had a uh, motion light on the, back, on the backyard. 
where the door was. The motion light never went off every time there was a pounding. At first I thought it was, you know, some teenager or whatever uh, mischief maker because mm -hmm. um, I was in college town, mm -hmm. but it wasn't. Um, when my roommate <clears throat> moved in uh, three weeks later, um, his parents had bought him this, bought the house so that he could go to college and live off campus. <clears throat> and they had an extra room and that's the room I rented out. So when he moved in, I asked him if his previous roommate moved out because of mysterious noises at 2.30 in the morning on a Tuesday. And he finally gave, he gave in and he told me yes. Wow. <laughs> um, so uh, <clears throat> that first, that first night he was there, um, sure enough, first Tuesday, first Tuesday, 2.30 in the morning, there was a pounding and he, he was petrified. So he pushed me out into the kitchen area. <laughs> and when I turned on the light, the, uh, the pounding stopped. But I thought the ghost was outside being a novice, you know, I would, I would imagine that the pounding was coming from outside. Um, <clears throat> a week later, I was studying alone in the house and I went in the kitchen after going in the kitchen earlier to make dinner. I went back in the kitchen, all of the cabinets were wide open. There was nobody else in the house. Then I knew the ghost was in the house. <laughs> That was scary. <laughs> I was going to say, I think I would have been terrified at that point because you don't know whether it's a benevolent ghost or one that is up to mischief. I think he just wanted the attention. And what I, I, I came to find out um, is that there are a lot of there are a lot of uh, Civil War soldiers that actually died of the flu there. That none of them died in battle, but many of them died of the flu. And this house was certainly built in the 1800s. So you think he died of the flu? I do, I do, and he, and he was in the house. So was sure. the house at that time more of um, a medical kind of a place? No, it was just a, a two, small two bedroom house. Um, hmm. I, I'm not sure exactly what he was doing there. He may have come from another house, uh, another structure. Um, I found that whenever ghosts choose to inhabit a certain structure, if the structure is raised, they look for the next closest structure. Okay. And the way I concluded that is when I went to England, um, and I took a trip to England with my husband and we stayed at a place called Thornbury Castle. It turned out the room that we had was haunted. <laughs> oh my goodness, they like you. <laughs> It was just luck of the draw. Mm -hmm. um, the, the gentleman, it was by a man, the, the gentleman uh, revealed his name and gave me a couple of details. And when I got home, I did a lot of research and I fin finally figured out who he was. Um, he, uh, his greatest defeat was in a battle just close to the castle. So the castle was the only, the closest structure to where his greatest defeat was. And that's why he stayed behind as a ghost. Um, why he decided to spend this eternity in my room <laughs> was just not, um, it was just not lucky, I guess, but. Um, okay, so I have a question, I guess, to ask about that, because um, I figure people that are listening are, are thinking this as well. So he mm -hmm. died on a battlefield, correctly? No, he actually did not. He, um, he died, uh, he died in his own home. <clears throat> 
And his home was now a field? It, it was also raised, yes. Okay, so it was not there for him to stay in any longer. And he yeah, died I mean, of the flu? I'm not sure what he died of. Um, all I know is that he died, <clears throat> he died of, at home. At, at um, and there are no there are no other structures from the 1500s that stand in that in that whole area except the that, castle except for the castle right okay so i'm kind of thinking that he sometimes when people die suddenly my understanding is they don't have the ability to do that passage into the spirit world you know they're kind of stuck so are you saying that he wanted to stay where he died and that's why he chose did he convey that to you that i didn't want to move on to the spirit world i wanted to stay put um he conveyed that he wanted to stay <clears throat> um he was he he seemed to be embarrassed by his greatest defeat and it, there wasn't that much information oh. um from him so i just had to try and piece together the history i had to find out his last name <clears throat> um he gave me his first name um he gave me the year, uh, so I was able to piece together all this information. So I didn't have, I didn't, I had puzzle pieces, and um, that, that's how I put it together. Mm. And that, I find that that's the way that we have to put together um, paranormal investigations too, when we go into private homes to figure out who's there and why they're there. Has there ever been a, a time, and I might have thought it could have been this one, you know, where somebody has been in our physical world for quite a long period of time where they want to move on. They want to be able to go to the other side, so to speak, and maybe reincarnate at some future time. So have you ever had a spirit or a ghost who has said, help me cross over? Yes. <clears throat> I run into quite a few of them that, that were happy to cross over. Um, How do you go about doing that with them? Um, so, so crossing <clears throat> crossing a ghost over includes uh, a number of things. Number one, there has to be a number of living people. Um, I, we this is what we do on the Inspired Ghost Tracking team. There has to be a number of living people that will combine their <clears throat> their emo emotional energies and and try to concentrate and open a portal of light to the other side. Okay. And then, um, if the ghost wants to go, um, then they will usually freely walk in. They will walk through. All we have to do, sometimes you bring people in from the, that are connected to them, that are on the other side to make it more appealing to them um, or even pets if they have any. Um, if, um, so, but most of the time in these paranormal cases, ghosts don't want to go to the other side. Really? And I have learned that, um, that people who are very strict in their religion tend to be more scared of what's on the other side oh uh, they haven't lived the, the the right life so they're going to be punished uh, yeah I, think, okay. I mean they remember every little thing that they did when they die they remember every little thing so <clears throat> um you know if you're if you're a very strictly religious person i've found that they focus on the bad thing and they dwell on it instead of all the good things they did and then they fear going across right and i've run into that quite a bit you know, that makes perfect sense because, um, you know, even people who are scholars of the Bible, I mean, there's parts of the Bible that are very loving and there's parts of it that are highly punitive. 
And so if you, if you believe that the Bible is the only truth, then, you know, if you've done anything bad, then you're going to feel like, I mean, I, I know people who talk about the rapture and that they're going to be left behind, you know, because of all the perceived things they've done that are horrible. And in my way of looking at life, I kind of see it as, you know, we're here to experience life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so, you know, every time we learn something, if we can share that knowledge, you know, and help somebody else maybe understand it, you know, when they go through it, um, you know, that's what's important. It's not whether we have lived somebody's virtuous life as defined by their religion. Yeah, I agree 100%. (laughs) Um, So that leads me to um, something that I, I wanted to discuss up front because I have a um, I have an idea or a, a theory <clears throat> of the, the the difference and similarities between a ghost and a spirit what I call a ghost and a spirit and that is when when we die I, I understand that our physical energies combine with our memories our personality and our knowledge of this life and then we make a choice to stay here earthbound as a what I call a ghost in a fixed location of our choosing. Some, either a place we're familiar with or a place where he died suddenly or uh, a place <clears throat> that is uh, where, we, where we are. Um, that's why I think hospitals and prisons are full of, of ghosts because they wake up as energy and they're confused. They don't know where they are. And for some reason, over so, a certain amount of time, they get stuck Hmm. um is it a dimension that they're stuck in or do do they stay in time like we are uh they it seems to me that they stay in time like we are because they can recognize like when i go in paranormal investigations they know i'm here they they know that i'm there so they they recognize that time has passed and they know that yeah um i'm so they might be 60 and it's 200 years later, but they're still 60 yeah. and they know that time has gone on. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, on the opposite side of that, a spirit is someone that I, um, I call someone who has crossed over, someone who's gone into the light. And I've learned that <clears throat> by communicating with them, that the difference between the ghost and the spirit is not only location, but it's also with energies because both of them do use the same physical energies. They use heat, light, water, and electricity to get strong enough to communicate with us. But I have found that ghosts draw on negative emotional energies Mm -hmm. while spirits draw on positive emotional energies. Mm -hmm. So negative emotional energies for ghosts are fear, anxiety, depression, and anger um, among them. That makes sense. So when you go into a haunted house and you're anxious, you're fueling the ghost to communicate with you. And spirits like of our loved ones and of our pets um, rely on faith, hope, and love. And those energies, those physical energies, I mean, emotional energies power them up. Right. So the, the spiritual energies would be obviously a higher vibration and they would feel mm-hmm. quite different than those that are based on anger or resentment, or hate, or, you know, depression, or anxiety, or whatever, because that would be kind of a heavy, wet heaviness that you would feel. Um, I'm also wondering, 
you know, like you said, with your dog, your dog was able to communicate with you. I very often, since I was 17 years old, it, it was kind of a weird situation. I, they never knew exactly what the diagnosis was, but I woke up one morning and I was bleeding from any opening that you've got in your body. I was bleeding from it. And so they had no idea exactly what was going on. My mom was able to get me to the hospital, but I was unconscious more than I was conscious. And I know my veins had collapsed because there, there, I remember a nurse laying on top of me because they couldn't you know, get a transfusion started because my veins were flat. So I think I woke up about 24 hours later. And again, I was around 17. Um, and I remember a man that was at the end of my bed. I remember that he had on like what I thought was a white lab coat or doctor's coat. And I remember very clearly saying, am I going to be okay? And he said, you have much to accomplish in your life. You're going to be fine. And that they said, no doctor was ever in there or anything else. You know, that that was my imagination, but it was so clear to me. And so since then, I get messages all the time, not from visual, you know, seeing, you know, something mm -hmm. as much as it is feeling their presence and hearing. I hear messages where it says, do this or do that. So I'm guessing all of those definitely are not ghosts. They're spirits <laughs> of some sort that are relaying information. So do spirits have the ability to move between dimensions? Um, so I found that spirits can can go anywhere, anytime, any place in the world. Okay. Um, and ghosts are restricted to the place in which they have chosen. Uh -huh. um, and, and, and I can say one example, we're using my, my puppy Buzz that passed away. Mm -hmm. um, in 2009, um, my husband and I were on vacation in Puerto Rico and we had never been there. It was old San Juan and we were walking around and not thinking of anything, just enjoying the, the view. Um, and I was drawn to go down one particular street. We came to an intersection where there were five five streets all came together around a rotary and you could pick a street to go down and we didn't know where we were. So I, I told him, I said, I'm being nudged to go down this particular street. And he said, why? And I said, I don't know. I'm just being nudged to go down this street. There's some reason I have to go down the street. Well, we got to the end of the street and there was a dog walker and he was walking a, uh, a bunch of dogs, including a Weimaraner that looked just like my dog Buzz that passed. Oh, wow. And <clears throat> it was then, as soon as I saw that Weimaraner, I heard Buzz in my head say, dad, do you know what today is? And I had to think for a minute. It was, it was the anniversary date of his passing four years before. No so kidding. He let me know he was there. Oh my goodness. Wow. All right. We're going to take a quick break, everybody, but uh, tune right back in in just a few minutes. Are you feeling stressed and anxious about life? Have elevated blood pressure? Experiencing weight gain? Having problems with your immune system? Getting healthy and staying healthy is more important than ever. And it has never been easier when you have fundamental nutrition from Boomer Products. 
Restore the youth and vitality you are used to in just minutes a day. Check out our website at www.boomerboost.com to see thousands of reviews from customers just like you who are benefiting from Boomer products. While you're there, check out our podcasts, blogs, and videos, and get caught up on the latest health news and information. Use promo code LUCY at checkout. That's L-U-C-Y to save $5 on your order. Stop existing and start living today with Boomer products. Thanks for coming back to the Synergy Connection show. And I have as my guest, Rob Gutro. And Rob and I have been discussing, in this case, his dog that appeared um, spiritually, I would say, to you while you were on vacation through your seeing a dog that looked just like him on a dead end street, no less. And it was the date of his passing, as you as you said. Yes. Yeah. Were you just totally blown away? Because I would think you would have been like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I was. It, it brought tears to my eyes. Um, I would think so. Did he say anything else or convey anything else emotionally to you other than, Dad, do you know what day this is? Well, I was just overwhelmed with love. Um, you know, I'm standing, standing there on the sidewalk with, <laughs> looking at a man walking all these dogs and I'm, I got all choked up and, and, you know, it was, I had to get myself together to, to move on. But um, mm. it was a very emotional moment. Now, since you were called to walk down that street, there wasn't anything other than this feeling, a nudge to help you walk down that street. Do you think that he was kind of with you on that trip in a way and, and just observing and then going, oh, I see a dog that looks just like me. I'm going to pull dad down the street. Yep. I think that's exactly what happened. He's oh, that is so cool. That is so cool. I know you're familiar with the Rainbow Bridge, you know, that poem, because every time I had a pet die, somebody would send it to me on a card and I would cry Mm -hmm. every single time because it's such a touching um, story, um, you know, that we are reunited with all of our pets. I'm going to have 101 pets waiting for me on the other side of the bridge. But um, have you replaced your dog? I mean, do you have another one that looks kind of like him or? Oh gosh. Well, we, yeah, we, we've had many dogs. Um, we, uh, I, I adopted, uh, another Weimaraner, um, the year that after Buzz passed, the year Buzz passed and I named her Dolly and she became really, uh, she became a soul dog to me. Mm. Um, and she just passed in 2020. Um, but she's around me all the time. You can feel her presence. Oh my gosh. I see her. I <laughs> feel her. Yeah. I, um, and she was, she's bonded to another dog that we have, a little dachshund who used to sleep with her. Um, so when he just, our dachshund just had surgery yesterday, uh, two days ago. And I, as soon as I walked in the room, I, I saw a shadow next to him laying down on the bed and I knew it was Dolly. Oh, so she was there to comfort him. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. He'll get better faster too, with her presence. I'm sure he knows yeah. she's there. <laughs> Absolutely. Does he ever bark at her or anything like that? Just to say, hi, play with me. <laughs> yeah, no, he's because he, he never barked with her. He barked at her in life. So, um, and I know that he's, he's seen her. Um, but you brought up something interesting about seeing people, seeing our pets when we pass. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I would like to share a story with you from my Pets in the Afterlife 3 book, 
that it, it's really emotional for me. So if I get choked up, you just have to excuse me and <laughs> well, <laughs> go on. I'll get it together. Uh-huh. So <clears throat> when Dolly, um, our Weimaraner, um, was um, having her last night, she was almost 16 years old. And that that's extraordinary for a Weimaraner. They usually had to be 12 because they're that's what I thought, like 12 years old. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the on her last night, um, a disc in her spine slipped and it immediately paralyzed her back legs. And I knew that, you know, she was at 16 years old. You can't operate on a, a senior dog like that especially when they're four years beyond their lifespan. So we knew that we had to make the decision the next day. Um, and um, so that night, as I usually did in the last year of her life, the little dachshund, Tyler, and I would go out in the kitchen and put our heads on, on Dolly's bed and wait till she fell asleep. Mm. Um, she was incontinent. So <clears throat> she had to stay, she stayed in the kitchen in a diaper. Um, but we would always wait for her to go to sleep. And then we would get up and I would pick the little dachshund up and take him and put him in his bed in our room and we would go to bed. I just want to make sure Dolly gets to sleep. That night we didn't, we stayed there. And at 2.30 in the morning, Dolly picked her head up <clears throat> and it woke me up <clears throat> and I, I kept trying to get her to put her head down and she wouldn't do that. And she was very adamant and she's not usually, she wasn't a stubborn dog. Mm -hmm. So I finally looked over at where she was looking. It was across the kitchen. And in the doorway, standing in the doorway, um, were my parents, who both passed, <clears throat> our friend Ed, and I saw our dogs Franklin, Buzz, and Sprite. They were all standing there. And it was just for, it was just for like 20 seconds. And then they, then they faded. Once they faded, Dolly put her head down. So she saw them fade. Yeah. They wanted to let her know that she was waiting for them. Uh-huh. <clears throat> the next morning, <clears throat> a friend of mine, uh, Ruth Larkin, she's known as the Beantown Medium. She, um, she sent me a text message and she said, she said, I want you to know that um, there were, your mom and dad were, are waiting for Dolly today. And there was a gentleman I didn't recognize who was our friend, Ed, <clears throat> who passed away. And she said, there were three dogs. So she confirmed everything that I saw in that kitchen. Oh, wow. Wow. So yeah, in a way it, it can be, okay. So I've always been told that when a person dies, especially if they're conscious, um, that sometimes even when they're unconscious, they'll come back for that moment, that second, um, because they see, you know, beyond. They, they can see people that have died that are waiting for them. So in this case, it's like if we were attached to an animal, we can be waiting for them to cross over. It can be a mutual. It's not just them waiting for us. It can be us waiting for them as well. Absolutely. That's yes. a beautiful concept. I love that. Wow. Well, I'll tell you, I was an emotional train wreck that morning. <laughs> I am sure. I am sure you were. Um, do you, I wonder if it's true of larger animals like horses, you know, that we've been connected to, or if we've been um, involved maybe with, 
uh, large animal veterinarians, you know, that are attached to maybe some of their animals. Um, I, do you think that they wait for us as well? <laughs> yes, yeah. So I, I, I've learned that everyone goes to the same place on the other side <clears throat> and that anyone who has a, uh, an emotional attachment to us as humans, <clears throat> no matter what they are, um, will be there on the other side and it will connect. Because love is like, to me, love is, is always shown as a, an invisible tether that binds us together and we can find each other. Um, I've done, I can do, I can do communications with domesticated animals. Anything, anyone that was a pet that understands the human emotions, the human actions, the, you know, here's the language and, and so forth. Um, so horses have come through. I've done horses and birds and rabbits and gerbils and even a rat. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's been giving me messages. And they can convey simple things. I mean, you know, um, but there's enough there that that your pet parent is able to uh, identify them. It's amazing to me. So what type of messages do animals let's say share if if you had a cat or a dog or a gerbil or a rabbit or something what would be a message that they might share well the, the most powerful and most common message is that of love um the other big message they share is a thank you for um for loving them and for bringing them into your family and and caring for them um, there's one other thing that they always come through to tell me if people had to make the decision to help their pet cross over, mm -hmm. they always tell me that there's nothing to forgive because a lot of people will say they suffer from, from guilt trying to make that decision. We just had to make that decision with two of our dogs in 2020. <clears throat> um, there, there was guilt. I mean, even though I can communicate with them and all I got back was love and appreciation. Um, but they wanted everybody to know that they're thanking you for having the courage mm -hmm. to do what's right for them. Right. And that means that you have learned the lesson that they were brought here to teach you, unconditional love. I would think that that would help a lot of people that, you know, have had to put animals down. Yeah, you Lucy, honestly, I, I get a lot of emails from people who uh, tell me that they're suffering from guilt <clears throat> over that. And they, they want to know if it's the right time and so forth. And um, usually I, for, for the folks that are listening, there are a number of things that you can observe that will give you hints that it's the right time. So for instance, of course, if they stop eating, um, if they stop interacting with other dogs, or if they want to not be in the same room with you anymore. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. So our dog Franklin was a dachshund. He was a red dachshund and he lived to be 16 and a half. He was always very social. He had to be in the room with everybody. During the last week of his life, and we knew that his life was, uh, was coming to an end, he, he could barely walk. He was 16. He was starting to be incontinent with things. Um, he, he was in pain from his back. Mm. Um, and, and he would, he would snap. Um, so in the last two days, 
we would bring him in. We would physically pick him up and bring him into the TV room. And he would find enough strength on his back legs to get up and walk away and go in the kitchen and sit by himself. Oh, my God. That, that told us right there that He's, he was, he was already departing your company. Yes. Yeah. It was kind of an interesting story I was thinking about when you were talking about putting animals down. Um, I had a... Uh, he was only 12 ounces when we rescued him from a ditch and he turned out to be a 22 pound Maine Coon cat. Um, And somebody had, you know, just tossed him and probably siblings out. And he was the only one that had made it. I'm sure the others had been picked off by birds or or whatever, you know, because he was, like I said, in this ditch, Um, he developed diabetes and I had to, you know, learn how to give him insulin shots and it didn't work. Uh, He lived for about six months, but he just went downhill very, very fast. Um, But when I took the second one that we rescued, she was also Maine Coon. And she had a condition that was congenital that I'd never heard of, which was collapsing trachea. And so I noticed that when she was um, about a year old, she would prop her head up when she slept. And I just thought it was idiosyncratic of who she was. And it wasn't, it was because that was how she could breathe more easily. So after Derby, which was the one that was diabetic, after we had to put him down, about four months, five months later, all of a sudden she started jumping up on the bed at night, just wheezing and, you know, pawing at me as if to say, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And I would try to help her any way that I could, but it wasn't working. And so I took her to the vet. Uh, They thought it was allergies. We put her on allergy medication. Finally, they did an x-ray and they came back and said, we're so sorry to tell you, she has a collapsing trachea. We could do surgery, but there's probably no hope. And so, um, you know, I had to make the decision to put her down. Well, at that moment, she wasn't wheezing. And the um, veterinarian was like, I can't do it, you know, because I'm not seeing any evidence that she's in discomfort and she leaves and her name was Bella and Bella went into a full respiratory distress, you know, action. Mm. And so they brought the vet back so that she could see what was happening. And then she agreed to put her down. So I think Bella, you know, knew that I'm going to go home and I'm still not going to be able to breathe unless Mm -hmm. I show this vet, you know, my problems. And um, so it's just fascinating to me how animals can convey. Yeah, absolutely. And one other thing that's important for for folks, when you're taking your pet to the vet and uh, for that day, that uh, sometimes they will show a burst of energy that they hadn't shown in weeks or months. Mm. Um, I know our dog Sprite, who was not eating also, he didn't eat for three days or four days, not even his favorite treat. When we drove him to the vet that day, he had a tumor that burst in his nose. Oh. Um, as it turned out, we, and it was undetectable, but um, he ate his favorite treat. I brought his favorite treat just in case. And he ate the whole thing on the way to the vet. And some p- pet parents have said that makes them feel even more guilty. And and I I tried to assure them that it Mm. just means that the pet is very excited and very happy that you have finally recognized what they want. They want to pass. Yeah. Yeah. 
So don't be guilty. It's, I'm sure it's incredibly hard for us to let go. And from their perspective, it's just time. You know, mm -hmm. they know that they will see us again. Hmm. So tell us a, a little bit more about ghosts and spirits. Do you um, like do workshops? Do you go and do, uh, how, do, how do you teach people about it? Or do you have a, a televised show? How can they watch more about you and ghosts and spirits? Oh, I'm kind of a quiet guy. So um, <laughs> I do, <laughs> I give lectures from time to time. Um, um, here in Maryland or at different places, but um, really, the I, I write the books to teach people what I've learned from the afterlife, whether yeah. they're ghosts or spirits, whether they're pets or people. Um, that's how they'll be able to educate themselves. Um, I do do appearances. Um, I do pet readings too. Um, I, I'm not. Um, I do it because there's a big demand mm -hmm. and I do them on weekends because I'm a, a meteorologist during the week. Um, but there are so many grieving pet parents and that's the way that I reach out to them. I also do fundraisers for animal rescues. So if you know an animal rescue that's looking for a fundraiser, I give lectures. I don't charge them anything. The rescue charges, I, they keep all the profits and for the, for the shelter or the rescue. Um, and I help grieving pet parents. And so I do that too. I would think that all of the above, you know, are incredibly beneficial, you know, for the animals that are still in shelters that need a good home and for grieving pet parents, which anybody who's had a pet and love them. I, I never have understood uh, how you can be cruel to any animal. Um, I even take, we get in Florida, lots of these little geckos and I've mm -hmm. trained my cat you know, because she knows. And if she spots one, you know, she'll go to pounce on it, but she doesn't try to eat it because I've taught her just, I'll say, watch it. And so she'll stand right over it and of course it freezes. And then I can go get a cup and a piece of toweling and scoop it up and release it outside. Um, but when I, she was a rescue from outside. And so her mother used to bring these little geckos in her mouth when they were still alive oh, and yeah. dropped them in front of her kittens as if to say this is another source of food because if you're a feral cat you eat whatever you can but um this sure. little girl knows that she's got plenty to eat so she does not eat, need to eat a gecko <laughs> um all right well i just i'm finding this whole thing just super fascinating i i don't know that i've ever experienced a ghost. I do know that I'm experiencing regularly spirits that are here to guide. And now I'll have to see if I have a feeling for any of the many, many animals that I've had over, you know, time. Are there any other things that you want to share, you know, like with listeners, just maybe how to get hold of you or uh, I know that I'm going to put all of that on the synopsis that'll be on the website so that they can click on any of those, but, you know, maybe some parting words that you would like to say. Sure. Um, yeah. They can find me on, on Amazon. Uh, just type in G U T R O. N not many people have my massacred French name. Um, 
<laughs> and uh, it, robgutter.com or petspirits.com will take you to my website. And there's all kinds of social media. But I do post a blog every week, um, either about pets, people, ghosts, or spirits, um, or something like that. Um, and uh, if, if you'd like to learn more about the paranormal, either, which is really normal, actually, <laughs> and energy makes it even more normal, mm-hmm. um, then just pick up one of the books. But know that your loved ones are with you. Uh, all you have to do, do is call them. That's either people or pets, and they can hear you because sound is energy and they are energy. Um, and uh, I, I, I think it's, it's just, it's all about love. So keep that in mind. It, you know, that's so true. Um, the book that I wrote, uh, The Adventures of Miss Twigs and Company, it actually ends that way. And I keep hearing the same phrase now over and over and over since the book was released. But on the very last chapter and the last paragraph, um, I talk about that. The fact that um, these three little animals that are mice that represent love, truth, and wisdom, uh, mm-hmm. that they are heard uh, audibly by this little boy who's 11 years old who can't believe he has mice talking to him, let alone teaching him that our thoughts create our reality because that's what they teach. And so at the very end of the story, he has placed them back in a ditch so that they can catch their train back to this little town that they're from in England. And um, they are talking to one another and they're so happy that Brian, who is the name of the little boy, has learned the lesson that the only thing in life that's important is love. You know, it's what we do with each other and what we do with our animals and, and the planet as a whole. So perfect. Uh, it's interesting that your story is all about that as well. Well, I wanna thank you for being on the program. And um, I certainly, uh, you'll be back again in August, um, but I'll have everything uh, available for people if they want to connect with you. I have a feeling that you're going to have definitely some individuals that will want to find out about their pets. So I do appreciate all the work you're doing. And, and I keep thinking that if your grandfather had not been able to do this himself and pass that on to your mother and then pass that on to you, we would be missing out on a lot of understanding about what our animals share with us. Uh, as well as people. We've always kind of known about, you know, ghosts and spirits in a way, but I think we only hoped that our animals were the same. So it's nice to know that's true. And yes, we all, we're nothing more than energy. We're just vibrational frequencies inside of a human body. All right. Well, thank you so much for for having me. I'm sorry. I said, thank you for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Oh, my, my pleasure. Truly. And we'll see you in August and everybody else, please go out there and make this your best life and contact Rob. If you want to maybe share some stories or, or hear from your pet, I'm sure he'll help you make that connection. In the meantime, like I said, go out there and make this your best life. And thank you for joining us here on the Synergy Connection show. Bye-bye everyone. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. 
people from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one -on -one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.